There's a very dark theory going around for Ahsoka, but according to this new information, it's about to get even weirder. And the Mandoverse is going to change drastically according to this new rumor. Welcome to Star Wars Uplink, your place for everything Star Wars gaming, the TV shows, and the movies. Let's jump in. Just you reconsider playing that message for him. Ahsoka is almost here. We're less than a month away now, and actually we're three weeks away. They're still slowly drip-feeding information to us, but we do have some more information around the Inquisitor, Merrick. So later on this month, we have some pre-recorded episodes because we're going to go hang out on the beach for a little bit and have some beach time. But in one of the episodes, you'll hear me talk about a theory that's been going around, around Ezra possibly being the new Inquisitor. But according to this information, uh, I don't know if that's the case anymore. Oh, do yeah. explain. So, for those who don't know, the theory is that Ezra is convinced by Thrawn, and through his wild ways, he is uh, convinced that he becomes the Inquisitor. The new Inquisitor, Merrick, that we know. Currently, the only person cast is the stunt double, and that's about it. We don't have, like, an official voice actor or actor tied to the character. So that's leading a lot of fans to say, hey, this could actually be Ezra. We see some hints and details that could possibly lead into it in Rebels. Some of the things, like, when he questions whether or not that he's going to join Maul's crew. The struggles with, like, the idea of the Jedi, uh, attachments, all of those things. I think it would be a really fun idea. I think it would really make Ahsoka be a very interesting character and story arc and really like start testing the bounds of what kind of a story Star Wars could tell. But we do have some more details of a character description for the new Inquisitor. I just want to put in my two cents here and say uh, I was never really for this. Yes. Uh, this just did not feel like something that the Star Wars creators at this point in time would do with a character. It's so cool, though. Yeah, it's a little too risky in my... And that's why I love it. Right. And that's why she doesn't that's uh, why I don't think, think it's, it's going happen. to happen. Which, so, tell, yeah. me, tell me the news. So, the summary of the character says this. Once an Inquisitor hunting Jedi for the Empire, the mysterious Merrick now works as a mercenary hired by Morgan Elsbeth to carry out dark deeds. Fully encased in battered battle armor, the warrior still carries a red double-bladed saber with a circular hilt. So that seems to suggest that this isn't Ezra, that this is a um, mercenary from the Inquisitor days that somehow was able to kind of step aside and continue their life and get past the fall of the Empire and the fall of the Jedi. What do you think about that information? I guess it's still kind of possible. Okay. Let, let's talk about the information first. Okay, okay. I have a theory, mm-hmm. as I always do. Okay. <laughs> Um, I think it's fine. How do they not have a voice actor for this person? So far, no, um... Like, no one's... No one's been cast officially. The information that we have comes from, I think it's IMDB, and it's, uh, one of the casting credits or whatever is, uh, a stunt double. So, are they just using the stunt double's voice, or is this person not talking at all? We don't know. We, I just think it's very odd that they would only cast the stunt double and there wouldn't be like a voice connected to it. Mm-hmm. It's not unheard of for the stunt double to also be the actor. Right. 
but it hasn't really happened in Star Wars all that much. Mm. So that's why I'm thinking like, okay, yeah, maybe it's um maybe there's a secret there. Right. That's what really like sparks a lot of mm. people's belief in this thing. Mm-hmm. So we have a battered ex-inquisitor. Yep. Um, Former inquisitor that hunted Jedi in the original days, so like what we would have seen in Rebels, but now after the fall of the Empire, after all of the the years have passed, he's now taken up the life of a mercenary for hire, but still has all of the garb from his or her or their days as an inquisitor. Okay. Do you think we've seen this Inquisitor before? Because we've seen Ezra and Kanan battle a bunch of different Inquisitors. Yeah. Do you think it's one of those, or is this just kind of somebody that they're just pulling out of, like, yeah, you were just in the era, and we're just going to bring you as a new character sort of thing? I don't think this is someone what we've seen before. Mm-hmm. We seem to have seen all of the official Inquisit- Inquisitors. They have, like, the whole, like, brother and sister kind of, like, categories. Right. We have been introduced into new Inquisitors through like Jedi uh, the Jedi games Mm -hmm. like Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor so it's not unheard of for them to introduce a new character in the Inquisitordom Inquisitorious right yeah Mm -hmm. it's not unheard of for that to happen so I think it's definitely possible that we could be seeing a new Inquisitor that we haven't seen before but this is where my theory comes back into play I think this is all an alias this is all an alibi for Ezra. Oh, this random Inquisitor that we haven't really seen anything about in years just randomly comes back into the fray when they're all looking for Thrawn and Ezra's around? Yeah, it is very convenient. It's the perfect crime. And that could be stolen Mm -hmm. items. So, yeah. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. These aren't shiny new. Lightsabers are contraband. Uh, they get sold on the black market all the time and could totally be bought. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely possible. I could see it. I'm not sure why they would put out a whole article about it, though. This is this is, this is is part of my theory, man. I think that they are- It's all are, conspiracy. I th- yeah, I think they're putting <laughs> things out like, oh, hey, we're going to give you no information. Like, we didn't know the name of this Inquisitor for- a while they dropped the name we found out like through some various sources and then like more officially confirmed through the lego set so they've been very coy around the whole name thing and now we get we're three weeks away from the actual show coming out and um now we get a whole summary after the theory that ezra's going to be the inquisitor i still have questions because don't they show in the trailer that they are fighting Ahsoka or someone so, or yeah. Sabine or someone. So why would Ezra fight them? That's what I'm saying. I think like he's so far gone. As uh, we've seen, like you can say the same thing about Anakin. Why is Anakin making right. all these decisions? Why did he in his anger kill Padme? Yeah. Like blinded by the dark side of the force under the thumb of Thrawn. I don't think he has a chance. Hmm. I, I think it would be sh- a struggle for even the strongest willed Jedi to really like be able to stand against like the genius of Thrawn, the whole uh, allure of the dark side in that situation where he just sacrificed himself for all of his friends. He doesn't know if he's going to be seen again by his friends or see his friends again. He's shooting out these messages. So like all of the things are there, all of the different pieces for this theory, I think are there. Mm-hmm. 
I still think it's a bit too complex. I, that's why I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a really fun opportunity for them to take something very different into the Star Wars universe and really push the storytelling aspect of Star Wars a, a lot further. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this is what we need. And this part of the Mandoverse, like obviously, when was it? Like 2019, I think, was when we got Mando. So we've been four years into this thing. We've gotten a lot of spinoffs. We've gotten the Mando series. We've gotten three seasons of The Mandalorian. Book of Boba Fett, we've got the Obi-Wan show, Andor, a whole variety of things have come out when it comes to Star Wars. And I think it's about time to really push the envelope and really move things forward in a very fascinating way. And I think, like we've said, I don't think Thrawn's going to be the bad guy in this. I think it'd be way more exciting for the characters that we know of, like Skull and Hottie and the Inquisitor and all of these other characters to be the main focus as they get closer to Thrawn. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately when Dave Filoni's movie comes out, that is when we're going to see the heir to the empire and that's where we're going to see the ultimate battle with Thrawn come into play. I think they're still going to need to have some moments with Thrawn. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, he's in the trailer. He's going to be right, there. Right. And they've been setting it up in Mandalorian. I mean, he was heavily dr- name dropped in season 3. He's definitely going to be there. But I don't think he's going to be the main villain, and I don't think he's going to be the main source of conflict. Not for this first one, that's yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think Ahsoka could definitely be a multi-season thing. I think you have John Favreau moving forward the Mandalorian, and then you have Dave Filoni moving forward the Ahsoka verse. Like they're all in the same like it's all the Mando verse. Mm-hmm. But you have like this timeline over here, and then at the same point you have Ahsoka over here because apparently Ahsoka and Mando season three are set at the same time. She's a busy have, lady. <laughs> yeah, and then you have Skeleton Crew that's going to mm-hmm. be uh, at least reportedly so far set in around the in and around the same time frame. Everything's happening. Happening all at once. I could totally see too. Like Ahsoka will end, I think, uh, in early to mid October. I mean, they still haven't canceled or delayed anything. Skeleton's crew is supposed to come out this year still. Really? Yeah. So oh, I wow. could totally see it being like the Andor time slot, mm. like being in that November. Yeah. Like start off in November, get us through like the winter, and get us through some of the spring, mm-hmm. and then boom, there we go. Yep. So we get brought into 2024 through this show. Hmm. Yeah, I could see it. Well, on that same note, we've got uh, some interesting things when it comes to the Mandoverse in general. Uh, there's this very fascinating rumor that's been going around. Like, this is this is very new. I think it was just out today. In the last week, I've had meetings with sources about the state of Lucasfilm, Star Wars, and Disney. As you would expect, everything is in a liminal space at the moment. Anyone, even on the inside, who pretends they know what is going to happen is probably too confident in their analysis. And this is from MakingStarWars.net. I like to report facts as much as I can. The only fact I know in this article is there is a plan or concept Lucasfilm may or may not use. Even though they're often wrong, Disney likes to look at possible outcomes and take the smartest path. I like that. Smartest? (laughs) Even though they're often wrong. (laughs) Uh, This plan is being floated internally. This plan also seems to be a favorite amongst some of the executives. I have no idea what the creatives think or how they feel about this concept. Apparently... From what I'm hearing, there is a fear Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni will not be able to make two seasons of Disney Plus shows that are prerequisites for Dave Filoni's Star Wars theatrical film. Question being floated is if they can take the main story of The Mandalorian's fourth season and edit those scripts into a film that will release after the Rey film. This would effectively give Filoni two theatrical Star Wars films produced by Jon Favreau, but we would lose the fourth season of The Mandalorian. But we would instead experience that story as 
as an as a theatrical film that would lead into Dave Filoni's original film concept a year or so later. And this is this is all around Disney prioritizing film releases. Mm-hmm. So Disney Plus has historically lost the money since they launched it, which is expected. They had a projection that it would continue to lose money. Peacock is in the same situation. Most of these new streaming services netflix is really netflix and i think hbo max are really the only ones that like had somewhat of a plan to make money netflix is just it's there because it's been around and they've been in the game they set the standard for streaming right but from what this article is saying disney is prioritizing theatrical releases for star wars over disney plus at the moment if the wga strikes which is the writer guild of america lasts into 2024 which seems really likely right now mm-hmm. this plan would come to fruition and seems to be the leading preference on the table this is heard from one of their most solid sources and uh, apparently they've asked a couple of their other sources and colleagues and they've also confirmed it and this is all in like a very tumultuous time the writer strike the actor strike these are all things that are going on right now. And Bob Iger, who was given the reins to Star Wars and Disney again, he is not doing a great job Oof. in terms of... He, he is quoted as saying they're going to wait until the writers begin to lose their homes and apartments. What? That's how long he is committed to staying out of this and negotiating. Uh... Thinking that once they lose their homes and apartments, they'll go get real jobs and we won't have to worry about them anymore. Uh, that seems really backwards. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. So this is their idea of like... Well, we know they're going to keep on delaying us in the writing of things, so we'll at least... Because they're supposed to have, I think, 2024 is supposed to be like the beginning of this arc where they have two seasons of shows. I think uh, Mendo season four for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think John Favreau said he's already written it. So they don't have to worry about the writing side of things. But again, the actors aren't acting if you're part of the Actors Guild. So Mm. (laughs) that's not going to happen, buddy. Um, So they're trying to say, hey, we need to set up Dave Filoni's film better because otherwise you're going to have this big ending and you're not going to know what the heck is happening it's true this is all because they're being stupid and bob Iger, who's one of the most paid ceos in the world isn't willing to give up a small percentage of his pay yeah sounds about right this making stars.net says uh, i do think the third season of mandalorian had a solid core story that would have made a better film than television season they take that path here i see it as a lateral move with less chance for terrible moments all killer no filler it may bring us a better product in the end however i would hate for it to be the buffer before we get to the real stuff that they actually want to make and i think that is a super fair point Mm -hmm. a lot of what mando season three was was we know what we want to do in season four but we need another season right now yep it did i mean that was why book of boba fett came out Because they couldn't get Pedro Pascal Mm -hmm. clear enough in his schedule to be able to do anything. So they're like, okay, we'll put you in the book of Boba Fett for these small like cameos and move forward your story here, (sighs) which would have been the story of season three. Right. Oh my gosh. Oh no. So there's a lot that like got messed up here and they need to move things forward. But I feel like Mando season three was just so weirdly paced, Mm -hmm. so poorly laid out in terms of like, it's like, it was not a meal. Like it was, oh, hey, here's a dessert. Okay, once you've gotten a taste of the dessert, let's go to the salad. Yeah. And then we'll go to the bread. 
and then we'll go into oh hey here's a really nice appetizer and we never really got the full course yeah, and like, we never really got the entree yeah because the entree was actually in book of boba fett exactly <laughs> yeah uh initially my reaction to this other than the whole bob Iger stuff and the <laughs> the strikes happening and stuff like that other than that considering the last season that we got of mm-hmm. Mandalorian, I think it might actually do better as a movie. Yeah, they seem to just have to throw mm-hmm. things in, and well, that just like just yeah. stop. Just that stop. was the problem with um, Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. Like it was pitched as a movie, and then tried to stretch out to a mini series. Actually, it tried to stretch out to like twenty six episodes. It got brought down to twenty. Got brought down to twelve, and then brought down to the six that we ended up getting. So they had like a whole condensation here and they still try to stretch it out because it's way more content than what a movie would film. Mm. Max, I think Oppenheimer is really pushing the limits. I think it's like over three hours. <laughs> My gosh. Unless you, uh, no one's going to sit in a theater for three hours to watch a Mandoverse movie. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. it's got to be around two, two and a half hours mm-hmm. max. I think that's a, f- I think if you could condense the story into that, it'd be perfectly fine. But you'd lose the aspect of Mandalorian that was there from the beginning, mm-hmm. which is the whole like small little uh, offshoots and missions that you get to go on an adventure through. Yeah, there would be that, that strange I don't want to say kitschy, but like there's this like little, I don't know. It's, it's like, an homage to like old classic yeah, westerns it's where you're like, yeah. Where it's like, oh, we're not on the main story right now. We're on a side quest right mm-hmm. now. So here we go. Like buckle up, guys. It's yeah. just, this is just a little extra, extra tidbit you get. So there's advantages <laughs> and disadvantages to, to this. Yes. I feel like they would be able to set the story up better through a TV series than they would mm. through a movie. Hmm. But if they did it through a movie, it would make a lot more sense for Dave Filoni's big movie. Because let's just say you have like five seasons of a show. You have three, four seasons of Mandalorian that you have to watch through. You have Book of Boba Fett and you have Ahsoka. So that's six things that you have to deal with. Yeah. You have to watch six things, maybe seven, maybe eight things. Mm-hmm. To understand this one movie to really get the culmination. Nobody knows who Thrawn is, unfortunately. Nobody really knows Mandalorian other than Baby Yoda. Most people didn't watch Book of Boba Fett, and that was one of the big detractors for season three. So many people are like, wait, what the heck? Mm -hmm. How's Baby Yoda back? Mm -hmm. I thought he left. Nobody's going to watch eight seasons of a show. Just so yeah. they can watch. As we talked about before, the top of the funnel in Star Wars is the movie. Mm-hmm. The most people are going to see the movie. Fewer people are going to see the TV shows. Fewer people are going to see like play the games. Fewer people are going to watch the animated shows. And it's going to keep on going down. Mm-hmm. Man. It's a difficult situation. Uh, yeah. It's almost like they're setting Dave Filoni up to mm-hmm. fail like his movie's not gonna do well because already there's yeah, such here's a backlog your first movie. yeah there's such a backlog of things so you need to catch up to and there's no way he can make the uh-huh. crescendo and to have a movie it needs to be standalone right you need to have how better do you make that standalone how yeah how <laughs> i'm sorry dude you're you're getting set up to fail yeah Hey, first time director of a big movie. I know you've I know you've done animated and live action. It's nothing compared to big budget movie making, mm-hmm. especially in this time in Disney and Lucasfilm where the expectations are so high. Yes, like you have to make that money back, and the pressure is on after a very lackluster Dial of Destiny showing. Yeah, 
and you can't rest on the nostalgia bait anymore because that's not a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about this the other day. Like yep. we both watched Dial of Destiny, mm-hmm. New Indiana Jones. Yep. It was so fun. It was like, fun. It was a great little romp. Obviously, not necessarily my favorite Indiana Jones movie, but it surprised me in many ways, mm-hmm. and I. F- I felt like it was Indiana Jones, but they marketed it so poorly, I feel, because they literally just said, like, if you saw any of the posters or the billboards or anything like that, it's like a shadowed face of Indiana Jones or even like Justice Hat. Like, they're trying to evoke the nostalgia, Mm -hmm. even though nostalgia is not going to bring the people. No. They would just wait for it to go to Disney+. Plus. Exactly. You need to let people know why you should see this movie, not talk about all of the past movies they've already seen. Mm -hmm. That are going to be better than yeah. this one like yeah oh it's oh it's so painful mm-hmm. oh, yay, yay. so should they go into a movie setting like into movies to be able to get people more mm-hmm. on board with the big one that's gonna come at the end maybe i don't know yeah. it's I, so uh, complicated because they don't have the structure of like no. the trilogies anymore no and will that's, they, that's what they, we thought of star wars for so right long. it was the trilogies it was the one two three and then we were gone for a decade and then it's one two three and then yeah. they're gone for another decade like it was that so mm-hmm. are they gonna kill mandalorian if they move it to movies i think they're going to kill the joy of mandalorian and it's going to be something that mandalorian's not made for mm-hmm. like it's not set up I to mean, be in that movie experience right now it's already kind of teetering yeah maybe it maybe it makes sense after kind of the lackluster season three and like the really back and forth things yeah but I don't know, man. I, I feel like it's going to lose a lot of that, like, spaghetti western mm-hmm. style, uh, like, classical TV, mm-hmm. which may be a good thing, maybe a bad thing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Let us know your thoughts, though, in the comments below if you're watching this on YouTube or contact at uplinkpodcast.com if you're listening to this wherever you can find podcasts. If you want to start us on YouTube or podcasts and flip back and forth, you can totally do that. We're on all of the podcast platforms. And hey, if you're listening to this, episodes are on YouTube as well as some really fun clips and exclusive original videos, all that fun stuff. But as always, thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you.